Slava Jesus Christus, Slava Navika. Glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. And this is Father Basil again in another short podcast. From, I'm reading again from this book, Light for Life, Part 2, The Mystery Celebrated, from God With Us Publications. And I'm just going to read a little bit about the liturgical day. The first Christian era knew two ways of calculating the hours of the day. In the Greco-Roman civil calendar, the day was counted from midnight to midnight, irrespective of the hours of daylight or darkness. In Semitic societies, each day began at sunset and continued through evening, night, and through the daylight until the next sunset. We see this in the story of creation. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Thus evening came and morning followed the first day. The Byzantine liturgical cycle incorporates both systems. On non-festive days, such as during the Great Fast and the Great and Holy Week fasting days, the liturgical day begins in the morning and concludes with the evening services. On festivals, such as Sunday or Saints' Days, the daily cycle reflects the Church's Semitic roots, which calculates the day from sunset to sunset. Each festival begins with Vespers celebrating the evening and ends at the ninth hour, 3 p.m., the next day. This shows the synthesis which occurred between the Syriac and Greek practices, as well as between the cathedral and monastic customs. By the time of St. John Chrysostom, the cathedral offices of Alexandria and Cappadocia had strongly influenced the Antiochian office. Centuries later, St. John of Damascus and the monastery of St. Sabbas near Jerusalem played a pivotal role in reforming the great typicon of the Byzantine church. So what are the daily cycles of prayer? First, I'm just going to say, uh, this quote, you have made the moon to mark the season. The sun knows the time of its setting. We do, we see that uh, prayer during Vespers. From the very beginning, prayer was an important part of the Christian daily life. The Acts of the Apostles tells us that the first Christians devoted themselves to the Apostles' instructions and the communal life, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. In this, they were following the example of our Lord who observed the Jewish customs of prayer in addition to his long hours of personal prayer in isolated places. The Gospels describe the vivid memories of Jesus' own prayer life which the apostles retained. The Lord also taught his disciples about the effectiveness of sincere prayers offered in faith. He even taught them a model prayer. The first Christians were Jews who retained and transmitted their Jewish religious heritage and so generally followed the daily Jewish cycle of prayer three times per day. They prayed in common and in private. Until they were cast out of the synagogues, they probably joined the Jewish community in prayer. Subsequently, they held to this pattern of prayer morning, afternoon, and evening and added to the traditional prayers the one taught by our Lord, our Father. The basic structure of the most ancient Christian prayers themselves is based upon the Jewish way of addressing God. 
a remembrance of the wondrous deeds he has worked for us, a petition that he act in our behalf now, and finally a glorification of his name. Nevertheless, Christian prayers soon begin to differ from traditional Jewish prayer in significant ways. The name of Jesus came to be recognized in prayer. Jesus tells his followers, Whatever you ask of Father, he will give you in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. In the epistles, the pattern is to pray to the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. At times, prayers were even addressed to Jesus. In these formulas of glorification, he was considered equal to the Father. These forms of prayer formed the basis for the Church's eventual definition of its belief in the equality of the Father and the Son and one Godhead. As we pray, so we believe. By the second century, St. Paul's injunction, never cease praying, render constant thanks, would be expressed as praying to the Father through Christ. Thus, Clement of Alexandria would write, We are commanded to reverence and to honor the same one, being persuaded that he is word, Savior, and leader, and through him the Father, not on special days as some others, but doing this continually in our whole life and in every way. This precept was fulfilled by a system of personal communal prayer, coupled with doing everything in the Lord's name. Byzantine monastic tradition eventually interpreted Paul's teaching to pray constantly by recommending the Jesus prayer. A spiritual father explained, The ceaseless Jesus prayer is a continuous, uninterrupted call on the holy name of Jesus Christ with the lips, mind, and heart, and in the awareness of his abiding presence. It is a plea for his blessings in all undertakings, in all our places, at all times, even in sleep. The words of the prayer are, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. In this quotation, we see the main elements of prayer, calling upon God, awareness of his presence, the opening of ourselves, and the offering of our whole life to him. The ways to pray are numerous, publicly and privately, from the heart and from the lips, in words and in deeds, in tears and in sighs. All are necessary for prayer to be an integral part of the Christian's daily life. So this is the start of um, talking about prayer in our tradition, the daily liturgical prayer we do, the daily cycles of prayer. And we will be talking a lot more about this in the future. God bless you. Have a good day.